0: Thank you for tuning in to today's life message from Cornerstone Church. We hope you enjoy today's encouraging message. If you would like more information about the church, stay tuned after this right. podcast. I'm speaking this morning. I feel privileged to preach for you this morning. And if you were in the adult Sunday school class, you might. Uh, now, Tad spoke last week uh, and he's got this thing high and he's got it. There we go. I need a man script here to get that undone. You might think I copied Sunday school's lesson. I did not. I spent all week preparing and then Tad stole my message. He, he copied me. He copied me. How many were here last week and you heard my brother speak on vision, heard the message on vision? That was a good message. That was a good message about having vision, Um. Tad spoke in Sunday school about what hope means. Biblical hope is a confident expectation of good. A confident expectation of good. I see so many people have a confident expectation of bad. I do. I see people all the time. They are confidently expecting something bad to happen. But God wants you to have a confident expectation of something good. And repentance means to change your mind. Now, we've often looked at repentance in a variety of ways, but it means to change your mind on something. How many would agree that having a clear vision is important? Because it affects what you see, it affects what you enjoy, it affects your reality. And I am here to challenge you, and I believe the Word of God is going to give you a clear vision today of the Lord and who you are in Him. Now... I was in trouble at night when I laid my glasses on the nightstand because oftentimes I would knock them off and I could not, I, I, I could not find my glasses in the morning. If they weren't where I left them, someone would have to come and help me or you would see me on the ground doing this to try to, you know, where are my glasses? I can't see my glasses. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> And I would, I remember sitting on, I would not dare do this now because the counter would break, but I would sit on the counter so that I could get up to the, to the, gla- to the mirror to put my makeup on. Because you can't put makeup on with your glasses off. It was terrible. And in 1999, I got LASIK surgery. Yes. And my vision has been 20, 20 since, and I've not worn glasses since. And I have clear vision, and I am thankful I am thankful. Do you know that all creation is fallen? Say all. 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 All creation is fallen. You can't trust something that is fallen to redeem you. Now, i it's a new year, and I know people have New Year resolutions. We're going to exercise. We're going to lose weight. But do you realize the food that you eat is fallen? Now, you could put your trust in that, but is you, have you ever seen a fit person die from cancer? Yes. Have you ever seen a fit person have a heart attack? And you think, how did that happen? They were fit. They went to the gym every day. And I go, whew, thank God I'm not working out every day. Whew, missed that heart attack. No, you can't trust something that's fallen for redemption. You see, the, the Lord, when he created, he spoke. But when he redeemed, he died. In order to redeem something, it takes something that's not fallen we can do our part, but everything is fallen. So our trust must be in redemption and redemption alone. You can say amen. amen. God wants you well. You can eat your way to helping some things, but don't you know that health is, comes from redemption? Yes. Health comes from redemption. It does. So with all the advancements in medicine there are more people sick there are I wrote down a list of side effects I googled the 10 worst side effects of medication and these medications really didn't they were treating stuff that wasn't too terribly bad all right here's one amnesia how would you like that side of did I take my medication I can't remember amnesia this, this side effect of this medication gave you aches and pains. What? I thought medication was supposed to help with aches and pains. Another one gave you a backache. Now, my toe hurt, and it's not hurting anymore, but now my back hurts. I mean, so I'm going to take another medication that's going to make the rest of me hurt, and then I'm going to forget that I took it. All right, weakness in your muscles. How would you like that? You, you weakness in your muscles. Anybody ever had medication that's done that? I've seen some vision problems. I'll pass. A loss of sense of smell and taste. Oh, that's a nice one. Ringing in your ears. Dry eyes and hallucinations. Oh, people saw snakes crawling on the wall. How would you like to have that side effect? Nightmares. There's one. Sleepwalking and sleep driving. Side effect. Loss of your bowels. I'll pass. Yes, I know. One medication, I'm not kidding, causes drinking and gambling. I'm not kidding. You can Google it. People who were not drinkers became alcoholics, and people who never gambled lost all of their money. It was a side effect from the medic. I'm not kidding. All right, here's another one. Murderous tendencies. <laughs> I loved my wife, but now I want to kill her. That would be one thing. Oh. Anybody want to sign up for those? Now, I was trying to find something funny to show you, and I ran across people who did spoofs of these commercials. And unfortunately, some of the content was not appropriate, but one, one commercial, uh, this lady, they were advertising a medicine where you could choose your own side effect. And she said, I've always wanted to lose weight, and since I couldn't, I chose nausea for the side effect. I love it, you know, and now I can't eat anything. I mean, it was, it was terrible. And another man was like, uh, I don't really like to sleep. I've got too much to do. And then another lady was like, I love to sleep. So I chose sleep uh, to be sleepy. But isn't that the truth that what man created is it's fallen. It can't redeem you. It can't redeem you. It's fallen. Um, see, God wants you to live a supernatural life. He wants you to be like he was. He went about doing good. And healing all, all who were afflicted. He wants your life to be a light. He wants salvation, healings, health, miracles, provision to be in your house. Can you say Amen? That was not a very confident amen. 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 Now I want to look at several scriptures. We're going to look at Passover communion and some other things to clear our vision a little bit so i want you to think about the children of israel the day before the passover tell me their occupation the day before the passover slaves do you remember how many years they had been a slave the the nation 400 400 years they had been slaves Something happened at Passover because the Bible tells us in Psalms 105, verse 37. We're going to read it. Psalms 105, 37 says, He brought them out with silver and gold, and there was how many? None. None feeble. This is talking about the children of Israel. Something happened when they partook of Passover. None of them left feeble, and all of them left with silver and gold. So something happened. Now, would you say that a slave's life would be one that would cause people to be feeble? Do you think their nutrition was fantastic? Do you think their treatment was excellent? But when they left, when they got up to leave, not one, no one. Not one was feeble. What happened that night? And if that was under the old covenant, how much better should it be under the new covenant? All right, turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We are going to look at the new covenant. Now, I don't have communion. We're not going to take communion. We could because I think when I'm done, you're going to want to. But we're not going to. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I'm in 2 Corinthians and that won't work. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. It says, take, eat. Oh, we lost a little. You get, okay, there you go. You got it. Is that better? All right. We're going to pray for vision in Jesus' name. Oh, the lights came on. All right, here we go. Verse uh, 23, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, he gave thanks, he broke it, and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner, he took the cup, when he would supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, this do as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you... Uh, sorry, Uh, you, I lost my place. What verse am I, 24? Is that where I'm at? I'm further along than that, Albert. I'm at 26. Keep going. There you go. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body of the, and blood of the lamb but let a man examine himself and let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup for he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself not discerning the lord's body i forgot to tell him to put up 30 but verse 30 says for this cause many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep how many know that i the body of christ is pretty riddled with sickness i i mean if you did a poll you would probably find the same amount of sickness in the body of christ that you do in the world And that ought not be. Can you say amen? Amen. So what happened? What happened? Now, it says, for this reason, many are sick. What reason is it? Let's go back. What reason is it? Just back up to 29, it says, not discerning the Lord's body. That you don't discern the Lord's body. Now, I was listening to Joseph Prince. He's had a, quite a revelation on communion. I was listening to him, and he said when he was a child, he would read. He would hear this verse, if you drink unworthily, you do bring damnation on yourself. And he said he'd sit there and let the communion cup go by because he said his mama didn't raise no fool. <laughs> we, have, we have taken drinking and eating unworthily to mean to eating it in an unworthy manner, we've interpreted to mean a person is unworthy. That's not what it says. Because Jesus died for the unworthy. Okay, It does not say, if you are are unworthy, you eat and drink damnation, and for this cause you're sick. It says, if you do it, not discerning the Lord's body, if you do it in an unworthy manner. So the question would be, how do we receive communion in a worthy manner? So that we eat health, we bring life, and we walk in the blessings that come with communion. This was a, this was, they were repeating Passover. What happened at Passover? They ate and drank, and the next day when they got up, they were not feeble. And they were wealthy. Are you all with me? How much more should communion for a believer bring health and prosperity Amen. and wholeness to you so jesus died for the unworthy it is not drinking a cup because you're unworthy that brings it is taking it in an unworthy manner because jesus died for the unworthy if you couldn't take it because you were unworthy then nobody could ever take communion but god said do this in fact the disciples how often did they break bread Every day, from house to house. Why did they do that? Because there was something supernatural that was taking place through communion. Okay, so how do you take it worthily? Sin and sickness are already here. Sin and disease and decay and death is already here. The Bible says for you to judge yourself. This is how you judge yourself. You judge yourself in light of the finished work of the cross. So when you take communion, we're going to pretend, this is the, we'll do it in order. What's first? The cup? Okay, the cup. Trying to do it in order. All right, the cup. Oh, the bread is first. The bread. I'm not going to eat this tissue, but we're just going to pretend. This is his body, which is broken for me. I judge myself healed in light of the cross, and I receive communion. That's how you receive it worthy. I judge myself forgiven because of Calvary, and I receive of the life of the Lord. That's how you receive it worthily. That's how you do it. You say, I thank you that I stand with all my sins forgiven. I thank you that I stand clean in the presence of a holy God, and I receive communion. Do you realize what that will do for you? It will change everything about you. You'll walk in one way and you'll walk out another. It may not happen overnight, but I want to tell you. You start receiving the Lord's Supper the way that God intended for you to receive the Lord's Supper, and you will eat your way to health. Now you say, that doesn't sound right. Well, they ate their way to a curse. Did they not? How did the curse come in the garden? What did they do? Come on. They ate. And Jesus reversed the curse. You can eat your way to something different. Somebody say amen. amen. I'm not talking about eating your way to a size six. I'm talking about health, which comes through redemption. Are you all listening? Do you, you understand what I'm saying? Amen. Yes. Yes. See, we drink it and eat it unworthily because we we stand and we condemn ourselves. I'm not worthy. That's not honoring what the Lord did. It's saying, I see what you did. I believe what you did. And I receive what you did. And I eat and drink worthily. Can somebody say amen? amen? Is this helping you? God doesn't want you condemned with the world, so he gave you communion. He doesn't want you condemned with the world, so he gave you a way out. Condemnation came when they ate. Freedom can come when you eat, when you eat and drink the right way. It's already here. God wants to redeem you from the curse, and one way he does that is through communion. That's one way he does it. We've taken communion as something to be afraid of and make sure you're worthy. You can't do anything to be worthy. You can't. I mean, you can run up and down, run up and down, run up and down, run up and down, run up and down down, until you're sweating and crying and cutting, and, and it won't make you worthy. So the way that you take it worthily is saying, I see what you did. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I receive communion. See, it's in our weakness that God has made his strength is perfect so your strength actually hinders God's strength so your attempts at trying to do things actually hinders the power of God at work in your life but well, don't give up the bible says give us this day our daily bread The Lord's Supper is free and it's available to you and you can partake of the Lord's Supper every day in your house. You take your juice, it doesn't even have to be grape juice, it can be apple juice, and you take your bread and you say, I thank you that in light of the finished work of Calvary, I am free. I am redeemed. I receive this cup. I thank you for the light of the finished work of Calvary, I am healed. My body is whole. You bore the stripes and I receive. Amen. Doesn't that feel a lot better? It was the simple act of eating that brought the curse. And he reverses the curse through communion. And they had communion house to house. House to house. You know when they when they instituted passover the bible says when i see the blood i will pass over you not when he saw their good works not when he saw their obedience when he sees the blood the curse passed over them when he, when they when he saw the blood when the death angel saw the blood the curse passed over them what it, what does God see when He looks at you? The blood of Jesus. And the curse can be passed over your house. Somebody say, Amen. 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 See, with God, there is no time. We think of crucifixion 2,000 years ago. No, 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 no. It's now. The work of Calvary is now. It's now. God does not see in the span of time. Jesus was crucified before time. God stands outside of time. So when he's here and he's looking over time, crucifixion is now. It is for now. The work of the cross was not 2,000 years ago that extends. It is, but it is now. Say now. now. God sees it right now. And the more you see it, the more you receive it, the more life you will experience. We need to stop preaching from Mount Sinai and start preaching from Mount Zion, the mercy seat. See, under the old covenant, they came out with silver and gold and none was, none was feeble. And that was a type and shadow of what God wanted to do. They partook of a type of the lamb. We partake of the lamb. Somebody say amen. A shadow can do this. How much more does it do when we say, This is my body which is broken for you? This is my blood which was shed for you. For you. Whatever it is, it's covered in communion. Well, I don't have enough faith. Well, it's not your faith. So just stand and say, Lord, I don't have enough faith. I need you to be faith for me. And I receive this. I don't have whatever it is. You say, you are my. I don't have enough faith to believe. You are my faith. You are my provision. You are my healing. See, you see Jesus on the cross. You need to see him taking it all. Do you know, how many have made bread from scratch? A few of us there's a point in the making of bread that you have to beat it right beat it and crush it the bread represents the body of Jesus that bread was cr- you need the bread you beat the bread you crush the bread you, you break the bread you roll it out and then you you then you put it in the oven the lamb was roasted listen Jesus when he went on that cross he was bruised the Bible says his body did not he did not even resemble a man and here's why we alluded to a little bit in Sunday school about the shame like you take on shame it changes your whole appearance not only did he take on your shame your condemnation and your sin He took on all of your sicknesses. So when you see Jesus on the cross, you should see him covered in gorders and cancers and abscesses and boils and every disease and sickness, heart failure, kidney failure, liver failure, diseases of the blood, infections. I mean, we could go on and on. He bore them all in his body all that's why he did not resemble man not because he was beaten so badly it was not only the beating it was the sickness and the shame and the condemnation and when he hung on the cross he hung on it he hung with all of it all of it was on the cross and you can say as you take the bread by your stripes i am healed my youth is renewed. Whatever you need. Listen. There wasn't a single thing from the curse that wasn't reversed at the cross. Not a single thing. In the garden, God said, Cursed shall you be, by the sweat of your brow you will work. Do you know your, cur- your work doesn't have to be a curse and it can be blessed? Because in the garden, Jesus what? What? He had sweat. What was his sweat? Even his sweat. He redeemed the sweat of your brow in the garden because he sweat blood. And where did that blood fall? On the ground. Do you realize at the cross he reversed every curse from the sweat of your brow to the labor in the ground to the health of your body to your salvation. Can you see that? Every curse was reversed. Every curse. Your work doesn't have to be hard. It can be easy. It can. He reversed the curse. Say he reversed the curse. All right, Exodus 12, 11. Some of you are going to go home. You're going to leave here, go to food line and get some communion. And you're going to go home and take communion. Uh, Exodus 12, 11 says, uh, I will pass and this shall you eat. We're talking about the Passover. He told them, eat it with your belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand and eat it in haste. It's the Lord's Passover. Why? Why? Why did he tell him to eat it fully dressed? They needed to be prepared. They were ready. When you eat that communion, when you drink the cup, you drink it, stand fully ready to receive it and fully ready to go and walk out in that miracle. See, if you get your sonship right with the Lord... It covers every part of your life. We are no longer under the old covenant where you need a priest to represent you. You have been given sonship with God. See, that priest had to examine the lamb. What did they examine when they brought it? Did they examine the person bringing the lamb? Or did they examine the lamb? What is being examined when you stand before the Lord? You? Or the sacrifice? The sacrifice. Which allows you to stand and receive communion worthily. Do you see that? Do you see that? Because it doesn't depend on you. The lamb is being examined and you can stand there guilt-free, shame-free, free-free. And receive and allow the work of communion to reverse The curse of everything in your life. Somebody say amen. Amen. The Bible says you are a priest and a king. That's what you are. In the new covenant, you are a son or a daughter. In the old covenant, you were a stranger. In the new covenant, God has committed himself to be your father. And he committed himself to that covenant. He committed himself to that covenant. How strong is that covenant? How strong is it? It's his commitment. Go to Romans chapter 8 verse 19. We're going to read it out of the Amplified Bible. Albert's going to put it up. Is this helping anybody this morning? For even the whole creation, all nature waits expectantly and longs earnestly for God's sons to be made known, waits for the revealing, the disclosing of their sonship. Everybody say, The wait is over. You are a child of God when you are up, and you're a child of God when you're down. Go to John chapter 1. How do you become? A son, how do you get that sonship? Let's read. Some of y'all are about to be free in Jesus' name. John chapter 1, verse 12 says, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become what? Replace the word children with son, sons of God. To those who believe in his name. How many in here have received him? How many in here have believed him? Then you are under the covenant of sonship. That is powerful. You are under the covenant of sonship. So that means, I'm about to step on some toes. So if you're concerned, just tuck them under your seat. It means that you're a child of God. If you've received him and you believe in his name, He's given you the right, the right to be his sons. The right means the privilege and the power. That means you're a child of God when you're up, and you're a child of God when you're down. It means you're a child of God when you're good, and it means you're a child of God when you're bad. And if you don't believe this, you will always question who you are. And the Bible tells you that a double-minded man is unstable in all of their ways. And you will constantly suffer under the curse of the law because you don't understand you've been redeemed from the curse. In Jesus' name, say this, in Jesus' name, I accept the right to enter into sonship. Do you know there are things that are excluded from you if you do not believe this? because you'll always be a servant. Go to Galatians chapter 3. I want you to look at some of these. All right, we got the results from the web. (laughs) Thank you, Siri. Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. For as many of you that have been baptized in the Christ have put on Christ... There is neither Jew nor Greek, nor bond nor free, nor male or female. You're all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs to the promise. See, as long as you see yourself outside of sonship, you'll always be outside of this and not an heir. What's an heir? When does an heir receive their inheritance? Who died? An heir is now, an heir is now, an heir is now. You have the right to receive the benefits now. Say now. now. I want them now, now. <laughs> All right, look at Galatians chapter four. We're going to read this in the Amplified. Now, what I mean is that as long as the, the heir is a child and under age, he doesn't differ from a slave, even though he's the master of the estate. Don't go any further. Go back, Albert. Why is he no different from the slave, the child? Why? Because they're not qualified to run it, right? So as long as the child is underage, they're no different from the slave, even though they have the right to everything in the estate. Go to the next verse. But he is under guardians and administrators and trustees, until a date is fixed by his father, right? When you turn 18, you may have the inheritance. When you turn 21, keep going. So we also, when we were minors, were kept like slaves under the rules of the Hebrew rituals and subject to the elementary teachings of a system of external observation and regulations. What is that? What is that? That's the law. As long as you're operating under the law, you are the same as a slave or a child who will not participate in the, and receive the inheritance that is yours right now. All right, verse 4 and 5 says, but when the fullness of time had come, there's the appointed time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, under the law, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. Can, is your Is your vision clearing up a little bit today? It's so easy to see yourself for all the mistakes all the mess ups all the failures but when you believed and you received you you changed you are no you now became you have the right to be a son or a daughter of God and you have the right to everything that he's promised but you stop the flow of that in your life when you see yourself as a slave You stop the flow of what God wants to do. And so, so many times we take communion and we take it unworthily, not because we're unworthy, but we take it unworthily, and we fall back under the curse. Listen, all of heaven paid a mighty high price to redeem you from the curse, and it is unworthy for you to walk around under the curse sick, depressed, broke, unsaved, whatever it is, whatever it is. The Lord wants you to see yourself as an heir. If you believed and you received, that is what you are. You are now a son and a daughter. And there are certain rights and privileges that are available to you that are not available to somebody else. Can you say amen? Thank you for listening to this week's Encouraging Podcast. You can find out more information about the church on our Facebook page, at Cornerstone of Victory Church, Statesville. Remember, life begins at the cross.